0: Welcome to episode 94 of Coffee Pods and Wads sponsored by Rain Body Fuel, the ultimate fitness focused drink to support performance and also kindly sponsored by Olly Clothing, a brand dedicated to helping you in your pursuit of success. Oli Clothing are a brand that make products to support all active endeavors and they create content that adds clarity and convenience to the self-development process. Um, Other sponsors on board, Development.com will help develop a coach in a personal sense through self-discovery while learning academically about the psychological side of coaching. And you can use the code PODS for 20% off on that. It's an online course, so what better time to do it? The gymnastics course has opened its online platform uh, for both programming and for uh, completing the course itself. And we'll be giving away a free month of programming to a randomly selected patron of the show. And you can join the gang um, at the link of my bio on Instagram or through the website coffeepodsandwads.com to be com to have a chance to win this month's prize. And there'll be a month of free programming for the gymnastics program um, every month for a patron of the show. Uh, There's still 40% off on Reebok.com for US residents if you use the code pods40 at checkout. Um, I think that goes as far as the 19th of February. Uh, today's guest is Carolyn Prevost. Uh, she is an incredible athlete. She's basically just excelled at every sport she's ever tried her hand at. Um, she works full time as a teacher, and she finished just outside the top ten in the world in two thousand nineteen and missed a chance in two thousand twenty. Uh, with the moving goalposts and all that. Um, we chat about her love of protein in her coffee, her own sporting youth, and inspiring today's youth. Enjoy, listen, share, and tag. Thanks for doing this first, father. We appreciate it. Um, I like i was just thinking there like it must be lonely like especially for someone who's always so engaged with like one team sports throughout and then teaching you're surrounded by people and then crossfit you're surrounded by a community so like it must be quite an isolating time having all that taken away at once like
1: yeah it definitely is um at the same time like i do enjoy alone time i do enjoy being at home like in terms of like the quarantine life it's like my life away from those places is very much like quarantine. Mm. Um, But I do like that stimulus that I get from, you know, the kids and my gym friends and hockey. So it's definitely something that's missing. Um, But yeah, you just have to kind of roll with the punches at this point. Um, We've done a little bit of hockey practices, but we've had to cut our team down into like two groups a lot of times for practices So and they're only like forty-five minute skates. So we're kind of we're finding ways to work around some of the um, the restrictions that are in place. Uh, But it's yeah, it's it's definitely not uh, not ideal. But it could be worse. Uh, We have FaceTime and uh, other ways to kind of keep engaged. Like our CrossFit, we're we're constantly doing Zoom classes or um, we've done Zoom bingos and uh, trivia nights and just kind of social nights so it's yeah. just at least a way to have like a little social interactions with people
0: yeah we had there was lots of that uh quizzes and bingos and stuff in like back you know 12 months ago Whereas yeah. i think that the novelty has kind of worn off well, oh yeah for sure
1: <laughs> for sure we'll do like certain holidays like we had a we had like a like christmas one and um i'm trying to think what other ones Just different themes like on zoom sometimes but yeah it's definitely it's it's dying a little bit
0: (laughs) um i've seen you share um protein coffee cartons i I think i i require more information on these please
1: on the the bruce coffee
0: yeah what's the story with them
1: yeah so um they're a local company here in toronto and um they came to our gym a couple years ago dropped off like a case of them I, like right so i drink hot coffee in the morning so right now i have hot coffee and i put my uh, regular protein my isolate protein in there and i've always liked coffee and protein and um then they they came to the gym and they brought the cold brew and i wasn't much of a cold brew like in general like i like i don't even really need coffee i just like something warm sometimes mm. in the morning in the winter. But, uh, yeah, so they they have grass-fed protein um, inside their, like, uh, cold brew coffee, and you don't taste the the protein at all. So um, it's just been, really been a, a smooth drink. I drink it literally every day. If I work out middle of the day, it's, like, my post-workout um, protein. And then I just usually mix that in with, like, a, an apple or a couple, of like, carbs that I'll have with it. But, but yeah, you, it tastes really you...
0: good. Put your pro you put your protein in your coffee, like is it flavored protein that you put in your coffee?
1: Yeah, so the one I have is creme brulee and or a coffee actually flavor, and I'll mix it in with water, with hot water, like in a um just like in a shaker bottle yeah. first, and then I'll just pour that on top of my coffee. Because if you just put it in the coffee, I find it it can like crumble a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's what I was this thinking. Is, yeah. But if you actually just mix it prior, it tastes uh really good. It kind of tastes like a heavy cream hmm. so i don't put like too much water you just kind of put a like i'll put a scoop a little bit of water shake and then dump it over
0: yeah um i like hearing about guests uh, coffee memories so uh, like you know a place you were or someone you were with or you know a coffee that you had it doesn't have to be specific to the actual coffee just more so where coffee was involved in a memory is there anything that stands out mm-hmm.
1: i've never been asked that question before
0: yeah, it's a random one. I get given out of for asking that question by listeners sometimes. Um, I, like
1: it. I just remember like university days. Uh, you, We had like these little cafes and I would go to one called like Indie Coffee. And that's where I, like just me and my teammates every like weekend, like let's say Sunday mornings after we played two games, we always just like sat there. There was a little bit of, like live music. and It just brings back good Good memories of school. Like I, every time I go back to Madison, Wisconsin, I always go by that little coffee shop. So just kind of more like coffee shop souvenirs of good conversations with friends and
0: yeah.
1: relaxing.
0: Did, was it hard? Is it unusual for someone to go for, from Canada to university in America? Um, or is it commonplace?
1: It's not as common. Like obviously, uh, most Canadians, I would assume, would stay in Canada for school. Um, but you know, it, it, there's a lot of good options in the States, especially mm-hmm. like if you're, if you have a sports scholarship, we don't have as many like sports scholarships in Canada. Like it's not really something that we offer or even financial aid scholarships and stuff like that. Um, I there's great Ivy league schools. Um, and that can be very attractive to to Canadians. Uh, for me, what drew me is like, I, I want to play hockey there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then it was, a a good fit academically also is a really good school. But I'd say that most Canadians would stay here in Canada because we have really good universities here. Yeah. Um and it's much cheaper. The, the, one of the reasons why we don't go as much to the states is because it's so much more expensive for university. Like their tuition there is 30 000 to fifty thousand yeah. dollars and ours might be five thousand.
0: Yeah like you're talking about debt for life basically the student,
1: know. the student debts out of universities over there are like ridiculous yeah and then so some of our some of our um population will go like either to college which is more like um, um hands-on and trades yeah or yeah. you can go to university and university is more um like uh uh theories and yeah. and a little bit like bigger lectures and stuff like that colleges are typically smaller but both are very good um in the states they don't really have as much like they, they call universities colleges. And for us, there's like a distinct, like there's a, there's a difference between going to college and going to university here.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so there's just differences there, but definitely in the price, like I wouldn't have gone to the States unless I was getting a full scholarship because it's not, it was so expensive. Like I would be like, well, I could do my schooling in Canada. Like <laughs> $15,000 less.
0: I'd <laughs> buy a house by the time we're finished.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like So yeah. for that, I think that's what keeps Canadians more... in you know in the country
0: um do you listen to a lot of podcasts Mm -hmm. what are your go-to
1: um joe rogan uh talking elite fitness um just some of my it's mostly some people's that are sharing on instagram like they'll be like listen to my podcast and if i know them i'm gonna swipe up and i'm gonna take a listen um to some of the podcasts there, like that that's what i mostly do is those ones versus a specific one that i listen to every day it's just kind of friends sharing and i'm just kind of going on to um whatever site that they gave me i think that's the easiest way to just kind of follow up with some of my friends and what they're up to
0: Uh, i've read um a few interviews that you gave and stuff like is talking about yourself something that you're comfortable with or is it something that like kind of just comes to the territory
1: um like I've had to do a lot of like interviews and stuff growing up just through all my sports. So, um, it's not something I'm like uncomfortable doing, but like, I won't just like start the conversation. And, um, like, like, it's just like, if I'm asked a certain question about a certain sport or a background, I'll, I'll go like I'll dive deep into it. Like I'm not, not comfortable with them. Definitely used to it. Um, it's not something i never like necessarily like bring up first in a conversation <laughs> but um yeah a lot of, a lot of the podcasts that i've done have revolved obviously around my athletic career and different sports and stuff like that
0: yeah your athletic career is like fucking outrageous <laughs> so like it, it defies logic like i was saying to my wife last night um I was like, geez, this girl has like 11 national championships in four different. First of all, I just said 11 national championships. And then Orla was like, whoa, that's really impressive. And I was like, yeah, in four different sports. And she was like, Jesus, what were the sports? Were they all like similar? And I was like, no, I'm struggling to find a common link between the sports. Like there were
1: different seasons. Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. Like you had, I always had like the one individual sport that was all year round. Yeah. Uh, so when I was really young it was gymnastics then it switched to Taekwondo I would do I would train Taekwondo all year round which is another individual sport and now it became CrossFit CrossFit we do it all year round (laughs) I do it anyways Um, and then I had my seasonal sports with hockey which was typically from the end of the summer but like our season would start in September or even October all the way until March and then when hockey ended it was soccer season starting so I didn't touch my skates at all in the summer. Yeah. I had some hockey camps growing up here and there. It'd be like maybe a week, but it was mostly just to get on the ice. Like I wasn't consistently playing hockey or soccer like all year long. Yeah. And like my soccer team that I played on, they would do indoor soccer. And I'd be like, no, I'll see you guys in the spring. <sighs> played hockey. And like, yeah, I didn't feel like I missed the beat. um just took me like a couple practices to kind of get the the touches back but I always like maintain my fitness through my individual sport and um had fun playing my team sports like I enjoyed the break I enjoyed meeting with new people like that like yeah season ends you're just waiting to like see your new your new team Mm -hmm. that was fun fun for me
0: did you ever cop any shit for not playing soccer you know throughout like did your coaches ever like not appreciate the fact that you just moved to a different sport and then came back?
1: Um, no, they understood. Uh, they're pretty good at understanding. And a lot of times I had to travel about an hour to even get to that to that team. Um, so because we're like my hometown, um, at a certain age, there wasn't a team that really, I guess, was going in the direction that I wanted to in terms of like, was competitive and was going to get seen for universities and stuff like that. So I ended up going to a team that was like an hour away and that's a lot of driving for my parents. When you're like 15, 16, um, you're just getting your driver's license soon. So a lot, sometimes like they even understood if, if I didn't go to a third practice a week. Um, But I think that comes with certain skills. <laughs> they I were assume... they were accepting as long as I showed up to the tournaments <laughs> in the game.
0: I assume if I your was... parents were like driving you around and stuff, I assume sport is something that was like instilled from an early age then as a value Oh my god, like. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like and, and the crazy thing is I watch my parents now, like with my nephews and nieces. And I understand why. Like I was very involved in sports. And like he's always like throwing a ball, making like, like catching. And my like my dad was very athletic, my mom not. Not so much, but they love sports. Like they love watching sports. Um, like I would watch Sports Center with my dad every morning. And um we all like there's five girls in my family, and we were all playing like soccer on different teams. We all tried hockey at least. Um my twin did Taekwondo with me, but like we we were just involved. My parents wanted us to get involved in sports and different activities just so we can like get exposed to different things. Um, and they never pushed me to to do one sport. Like if I wanted to do another sport, they're like, yeah, go for it. So I think that <laughs> when you have that support at home, you're very lucky. And um, yeah, it was good. And I was, I had good coaches at the right time and um, went to like great, like hockey, hockey camps and soccer schools and stuff like that. So yeah. definitely fortunate for all those experiences.
0: I've spoken to guests in the past about like balancing, you know, like maybe you have to balance family and training or coaching and training or maybe college and training or something. But like it, it, it seems like you're throughout your life have been spinning r- like a ridiculous amount of plates at once all the time. It's obviously just something that you're comfortable with. Is it like when that's not there, is it difficult to handle not having to be really busy and, you know, like going from A to B and on to C and back to A again?
1: What? I prefer being busy. I find if I'm not busy, I'm lazy. Like I will sit and be on the couch all day if I had to, but when I have stuff going on, it keeps me on my toes. It keeps my brain fresh. Um, like I, I just enjoy that lifestyle of just kind of like, I have to do this, this, this. I put everything into my phone, like everything. Like I put a, like an alarm. If, if it's something that I think that i might, I might forget. I put like an alarm for the day before, just to kind of be like reminder tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Like it's just,
1: everything's there. So um, yeah, you just have to get organized. Yeah, if I lost my phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, yeah, it's just like, it's just kind of time managing. Uh, now, like I'm a teacher. So it's almost the same thing as when I was a student. I just, I have a different role, but like I'm, I'm preparing lesson plans and I have to do corrections and stuff like that. But if I can't let that pile up, like I have to correct very fast. Because if I, I don't have time to like do a bunch of questions, but I can, yeah. I can chip away at stuff. And when I was a student, I would do the same thing. I would be at school at lunchtime, and I would be doing an assignment there. I didn't really care to go and hang out with a bunch of people that weren't, that I wasn't going to see after school, or they like, it just didn't matter to me. Like, I was like, okay, well, my friends are at my sports. That's my social life. If I want to play more sports, I need to finish this stuff up because my parents wouldn't let me like go to anything without, you know, like if I there was no sacrificing school at any point. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was the one thing that I was really proud of is I did equally well in school um, as sports. But I think that comes from just being competitive in general. Like I want to be <laughs> the best student, I want to be the best athlete.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, it's just time managing. I find I have the same schedule now that I did when I was young. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it.
0: it's your, your time. Like the table time of the changed.
1: day that I'm working is very similar. Yeah. If I have homework at night, it's like, okay, it's not homework, but it's kind of homework. I'm just yeah. doing things.
0: Even your holidays it's, are the same.
1: The holidays are the <laughs> same. So I think I, I've found a job that um, allows me to still do all the sports that I want to do. Um, I don't feel like exhaust like it, it's it's a lot of work being a teacher obviously you would know um but it's uh it just works well it complements very well um my athletic life like yeah. the things that i want to do in the evening most most of my activities are after school and then if i'm very organized i can we, we always have a, a lesson prep time when we teach i can use that lesson. like i'm either like using that lesson prep time and doing a bunch of corrections or i might like work out there yeah. so it buys me time another time in the day
0: planning your lesson in your head obviously
1: yes of course <laughs> Count, counting the plates doing my math work
0: <laughs> um so you teach maths and science and PE and you went to university of wisconsin like that's just to me is like it's such a lovely circular narrative to then come mm-hmm. back to madison and do crossfit like it it uh, you surely get pleasure out of that uh fact
1: Oh my God. Yeah. When, well, back then the games were in California and I never had the goal of making it to the games. I didn't think it was possible as uh, someone who was still playing another sport, someone who was working full time to make it to that level and compete with those athletes that are doing this full time. I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm satisfied going to regionals and, you know, honestly trying to move up in the rankings at regionals and, and perform well there. And then it was like the, the, Dave Castro did the invitational. Remember the invitationals Mm. that we had basically every year or maybe every couple of years, like team USA versus team Canada versus team Australia and then team Europe.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, one of them was in Ontario, just about an hour from where I live here. And I got to be on the demo team that, that weekend for those athletes. So that was really cool. And then that next day, Dave announced that the games were changing locations and they're going to Madison, Wisconsin. And that like that, that moment just flipped a switch for me in my head. It was like, I'm getting closer at regionals. Why am I not going for it? And kind of, you know, dialing in my nutrition, uh, training a little bit harder in the summer when I'm off. Uh, And just it just flipped something in my head that I was like, okay. they're in Madison for the next three years. At that point, they were in there for the next three years. Now they've extended the contract. But I was like, I can make it there by year three if I just kind of, you know, keep chipping away at it. And sure enough, like that, that same year, I was like 10th at regionals. Then it was 6th at regionals. I was like one spot out. Mm-hmm. And then it was like finally, by that third year, it finally happened. So it was like full circle, going back to school where I went to in a different sport. I was like, that's really cool yeah
0: because that feels like home going back to madison feels like going back to home yeah no, it's cool um you mentioned 2018 there so like you were ridiculously close like you you missed out by like six points like when that happens is it like is there a quick turnaround there uh to like turning that i suppose sourness into motivation or is there like do you you have to kind of nearly grieve it and then move on or how does it work like
1: um, I was definitely sad. Like I had, I had a very good year that year in 2018. Like I came off third in the open worldwide. Like it was like, Oh, this girl could, could be going to the games for her first like time as a rookie. And then I just, I went to regionals. There was one workout that had bench press and like, I've bench press as a hockey player. Like we bench press and squat, <laughs> but I'm just not good at it. Like I still am not good at it. Um, it's not a good movement. And I took like almost a dead last place and it's in six workouts. You can't take a dead last place. Like it's hard to come back from. And I, and I tripped away and got back into the competition to the mix, but it just wasn't enough. Mm. I felt that year I was ready, but it, at the same time, it was good for me not to, because it did motivate me for the following year. Um, to, it, it was more just of a, it validated that I'm not crazy with my goals. Yeah, Like, it was I had done well in the open. It was like, oh, did I do well because those were just really good workouts for me, or did I do well because I'm getting close to that level? And then it was like, let's see what, how regionals goes. And I was right there. I was like, no, like things are going, like things are moving along exactly how they're supposed to. It's like a progression. You're not going to go from a certain place thing and all of a sudden move up a ridiculous amount. Like I, I was consistently moving up every year. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it just motivated me that year. I continued to train in 2018 as if I had qualified for the games. Yeah. So like I had pretended in my head, I I got the spot. I took like a, a week or two off after regionals and then trained for the games, went to Madison. Like I was, I was testing out the workouts there um, as much as I could. Obviously not the mar- marathon road. <laughs> I did not test that. <laughs> you saw that on paper
0: like, yeah, I, I assume like, nah, I can do that.
1: <laughs> now <"Nah>, I'm good. <laughs> but I was, I, you know, mentally I was like, I'm just going to pretend that I'm going to the games because it helped me deal with not having like a big dip into my mm. season. Like I was like, I like having something to train for. Like these, I like having competitions like short term because it, it, or else it's just like a long season. It's just hard to continue to get motivated. But you yeah. know, yeah, I think that 2018 was was good for me. As as much as it was hard, it was motivating.
0: You've had like top ten finishes in Canada since 2016, which is like remarkable considering you only started in like three years before that. Is there a part of your life before CrossFit that you think had a perfect transfer over? Or do you think it's like an accumulation of all the different things?
1: Yeah, like when I first started in 2014, I was like ninth in the open in In Canada East and but that point there was only one division in the open it was it was just rx and the open was really light Mm. and lower skill and I was able to like go pretty far and then 2015 was the year where I didn't do as well because they started adding a scale division and then they answered like handstand push-ups and that was a big step in the open because that was the first time that they had that move Movement. And that that's the year that I, I dropped back a little bit more in the open, but consistently pretty well there. And I just I, I don't know if there's a certain sport that would prepare me best. I really think it's an accumulation of everything. Like I have a, a strong gymnastics background from when I was three to nine. Um, Obviously not as long as most of the athletes, but it brought me still to have that foundation of body awareness, yeah. which I think is one of the best sports any kids should be doing. Um, I think Taekwondo, uh, brought a lot of like mental aspects to, uh, to training. Like there was a lot of like, I mean, I did anyways, not, I don't know if anyone else, like I did so much like visualization and, um, uh, like just imagery and stuff like that. And just preparing for like big moments. And I think just like the experience of every sport, like I, With hockey and soccer, like they're explosive movements, and you're sprinting or you're skating fast, like my aerobic and anaerobic work was touched like the entire like my entire career. So, I think like when I began when I began in 2014, like I was a rookie in CrossFit, but I had years of training Mm -hmm. under my belt. I just didn't do Olympic lifting. Like we didn't do Olympic lifting in hockey. Like we may have done hang power cleans, um, maybe a dumbbell snatch, but I had never done like a barbell snatch, overhead squats, um, split jerks, ring muscle ups, like there was still a lot to learn, which is why I think it takes time to kind of get good at the sport. Like it doesn't happen within an instant, like even gymnasts, like you're not doing ring muscle ups, uh, but you still have the strength for it.
0: Yeah. Is that visualization and the like the imagery? Is that something that you trained yourself how to do? Or were you like, did you have someone like help you with that when you're in sport
1: um I think I naturally did it like I just I connected with music very well like from a young age I would get my twin to like go in the garage with me we'd like close the lights we would blast music and we would just like just visualize like training positive moments success um and then I'd be, like, I'd always tell her, like, come, come in, go, go come to the garage. Like, it was, like, our, the garage. Like, it's not even a big garage. We didn't even have, like, any equipment. But, like, that was, like, our space that we just, like, would blast music, kick target. I just
0: imagine you sounding, like, nose to nose. No,
1: no, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in, like, but a crawl was just, space. Like,
1: I was, like, trying to, like, force her to, like, visualize stuff. And she, like, she liked it, too. Yeah. But I don't think she was, like, at the same level competitively as I was. But, um, but I think, like my Taekwondo coaches uh always talked about that uh not every student like necessarily did it but I definitely took that uh took those words and and practiced it and even like when I had big moments for hockey like I would be like sitting in the stands before the game just like looking at the ice and you know you're kind of seeing yourself skating receiving a pass scoring a goal or setting up a goal I think that uh you know it it's something that it's hard to teach, but you just kind of have to keep practicing it. And, um, I've been doing that since I was young. Like it's, it's crazy to think my mentality at that young age was yeah. so like, I was like 12 years old thinking like about like beating up these girls. Like I was just like <laughs> crazy to think that that was like my mentality. I was just so competitive. I still am so competitive, but um,
0: yeah, well, it serves you well. Um, In 2019, then you had your moment in the sun uh, and you definitely didn't disappoint. So like, I suppose the sprint event was probably, I guess on paper anyway, a highlight. Is that something that would stand out as a highlight for you?
1: Absolutely. That was super fun. Um, It was really cool to kind of, you know, you do your first, I guess it would be a quarterfinal run, And then you would wait, have to go back on the field, semifinals. And then it was like, you'd wait, see if you made it. So that was like a nice final event to my... Um, CrossFit Games, my rookie year there. So I was excited to kind of go back on the field. I knew that at that point that that was probably my last event because of the cuts, they were cutting Mm. down to the top 10. I was actually still pretty close to making that cut. Um, But yeah, it was just exciting. I knew, I just knew it was my last event. So I, I just, that was the only event of the games that year that I enjoyed because every other event You just didn't know if you could get cut. Like, it was like, oh, like this could, like, you can't, you can't have a bad event. Like if you do, you're probably, you're probably getting eliminated. But at that point, I knew that that was my last event. So I enjoyed it. And I felt like no pressure. I mean, I put pressure because I know I can sprint, but like, it was just like,
0: like this,
1: there's not there's nothing like that. There's no shockingness. Like that's like, this is it. Like enjoy your last event here at the games, do what you can do. Versus the other five events that I had taken part, it was like, Greg, like who who do I need to be? Like, you, like how many players? Like how many are moving on? Okay, like that was just constantly playing in your head, and it was stressful. Um, you just couldn't enjoy the moment of your first CrossFit Games until that sixth event. So for me, that sixth event was special and fun.
0: Do you think that would feed into your competitive performances moving forward? Like that attitude of just chuck it and see as opposed to maybe worrying about where you'll place in an event kind of.
1: Yeah. It's easier said than done. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I want, I want to tell myself like just, you know, perform, but at the same time, like I'm always just so hyper aware of where I am in the race, like who I need to beat at what point. Cause it's a numbers game. It's, it's controlling damage on certain workouts and attacking where you're, where you're very good so that you can, you know, at the end of the day, maximize your points um That's probably the math teacher in me. <laughs> like, there's some workouts like, like you don't need to go as hard if you're already ahead of someone. You can like like dial it back and save your energy for the next event. um You couldn't do that definitely at the games that year. so <laughs> uh, like,
0: you you seem to have a very similar outlook to Brent of that. Like, I know he's fond of visualization, and then obviously he, you know, maybe sometimes over analyzes <laughs> like what might happen and what could happen. So you're in good company there. Um, when you finished like as the fittest Canadian on earth and I suppose 11th fittest fittest that year. Like looking back, do you think you changed anything between 18 and 19 or was it a case of just following the trusted process to find that extra 1% maybe?
1: Yeah, I don't think I changed anything. I think I was ready in 2018. Like I, I was right there. I had a bad workout with the bench press. Um, but I still felt good, but I just, I think another year under your belt, Mm -hmm. more time practicing movements. Um, you know, you're still relatively new in the sport. Like even if you're six years in, like that's not that much. Like when I think about my, my athletic careers, if I thought about how I was like six years practicing a sport, like it's, you're always gonna be better the seventh year. Like you need, you need time, Mm -hmm. um, to, to work on movements, to work on pacing strategy. So I just think that extra year helped me develop, um, my skills and just my strength and, kind of dial in a couple of my weaknesses so that they're just more more balanced because I was still very much a power athlete. Yeah. Um most of my sports were lower body explosive. So um there's some stuff that I just continued to work on. Um still am.
0: Yeah. Just yeah, I, think, sash, I think just basically. another
1: year under your belt just helps you just get better, more experience.
0: Yeah. Um If 2018 then was a a difficult pill to swallow originally. And then I suppose gave you motivation. Is there any apprehension then to go again after such a successful year? Like, is it difficult to lift yourself or is there just a straight away? There's a fire lit to be back there.
1: No, I, I I didn't find it difficult at all to like relift myself. Like I was, I was definitely very motivated. Like I was pissed at first because I was like, like I was so close. Hmm. Um, and you, you know, you kind of feel bad for yourself. And then it's like, no, like, kick yourself in the butt and you're right there. Like you, like, again, It comes down to like realistic goals. Like there's a lot of people that just don't have realistic like goals in in life. And it's just like, I knew I could be there. If I, like, if I gave myself like more time and, and dedicated more time to it, like it's going to come. And I was like, no, like this is just validating that I'm that I'm on the right track. So don't change anything. Keep going next year is going to
0: be it's going to be right there again yeah um obviously next year was very different uh so like a lot of stuff was put out of reach by covid um i suppose your 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 main competitive outlet outlet was the rogue invitational um had you fond memories of that or was it just bizarre the format that it took i suppose
1: it was like i liked it um well, I suppose it, it brings it you back cool
0: to your, your time in the garage of like silence and
1: <laughs> right. Like I, I was fine with it. I, I like I like training with people, but I don't need people to necessarily push me. Mm. Like I'm able to get to that place because I know that like my fire inside of me about like of, of doing well and being competitive out like outweighs like just training with like other people and and, and needing that that stimulus i don't need like it's it's better but i don't need it yeah. um so the rogue went really well uh i would have gone to qualifying spot through the rogue invitational had they not took out their yeah. their de-affiliation with crossfit at that point like i had already gotten my spot to the games through the open and then they switched all the rules so then i lost it and then i tried i tried messaging dave castro and be like would you now that you guys are going to open uh or now that you guys are going online, would you consider um, uh, inviting me and Adrian Moonweiler, um, who would have been the, the male uh, qualifier at that point yeah. from the Rogue? And he was like, no. I was like, okay, thanks for your consideration. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I tried. Yeah, no, that's exactly, I, 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 I,
0: I, I say writing that message, that's exactly the response you anticipated. I'm pretty
1: sure it was like, I'm pretty sure it was like just a, bl- like a plain no or something. Yeah. I was like, all right. <laughs> well, at that point, I had nothing to lose. It was yeah, like exactly, yeah. I mean, you at first didn't want to count the Rogue Invitational because it was online, and now the games moved online. So I thought I had a valid, yeah, point to kind of push forward. And it's not like Adrian's and No Name. He is he, the year before he was in the top ten at the yeah. CrossFit Games. So it's, you know, he, they could have considered it for sure. Um, they didn't, but that's okay. Um,
0: Maybe you should have. No, put it, up your, it was a cool uh...
1: experience. Like it was in silence. Yeah. Like, you couldn't see, like, if you were in the first heat, which I was on uh, day one, like, I didn't know where my score would lie, and then my friend, like, had her iPad open, and then she, like, as soon as the heat was done, she'd be, like, point, because you couldn't, you couldn't, oh, yeah. uh, you couldn't yell or, or coach or anything, she'd be, like, pointing, like, where I finished in, in the heat, and then it was, like, silent cheering, <laughs> I don't know, I, I thought the Rogue Invitational was really cool, I think they put on a great event, uh they treated us so well they sent us gear um it was it was really cool like i that was the first time that we had seen anything like that yeah. like an online format of a competition like loud and live just did a very similar uh recently but it, they they definitely got inspired by what rogue did like rogue, yeah. rogue rogue started this and um or whatever company they used to to make it but yeah. I thought it was a really cool experience, especially in a, in a season that didn't really have anything. Um, it was fun. I yeah. enjoyed it. That, that was my CrossFit games for me. That was yeah. my, because I had lost my spot. So I put everything into the rogue invitational and I was very proud of, of my performance there. And again, it solidified where I was within those top girls because I was like, was the year before a fluke hmm. because of the eliminations, the way like the order of the events could have led to the, to my performance and my finish So all these questions kind of go into your head. Like, was I really a 12th place finisher or where am I? And then when you do the robe invitational and you're, you're with those athletes and you know, you still perform very high. Like I had, I only had one bad workout. Uh, it was a double under workout, but every other, every other workout was, I think a top eight.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, with two, with two second places. Like it was just like, i I was ready for that competition um and i was really
0: happy with that yeah um the new system then does that fill you with excitement or dread or do you give a shit is it just like just keep doing what you're doing like you've you've obviously performed well in both systems like when it was the open based and nationality based i suppose you perform well and then going back to regions you perform well so is it something that just doesn't phase you at all
1: I just want to know like what the rules are. Like, I feel like they've released half of the Mm. rule book for the year. Um, So I don't know how many times we have to travel or where we have to travel to. It's, it looks like it's going to look like the previous system from before you have to at least prove yourself um, on the competition floor at some point, Mm. which I like, I want to compete on the floor. Um, But yeah, the goal is the same. I want to qualify to the CrossFit Games. Uh, by whatever means and the quickest way possible like if that means you know like back then it was like if you could qualify in the open you want to qualify in the open because then you can plan out your season better so whatever way that I'll be able to qualify I'm going to try to go for it because the goal is obviously to get back to the CrossFit Games in Madison yeah
0: outside (laughs) of that then obviously like if if you're playing like seasonal sports and stuff when when they started saying that, like say, Waterloo will be in January and Dubai, like nothing's been said, but it kind of seems like it's going to stay around the December mark. Like,
1: yeah.
0: are you, is that something that you'd be interested in in making it? Like, I suppose it's difficult work as well, I guess, but making like a a, a play for a more professional like up earning opportunities, I guess, throughout the close season.
1: I think I I really like the idea that they're going to be going. Basically, here's the season from let's say March to end of July, early yes. August. And here are these big competitions out of season that you can still go and earn money and and travel and stuff like that. I really like that. Uh, however, I think that's an easier season for people that don't work full-time. Yeah, Like yeah. I can't just travel to Dubai and take a week, two weeks off because like, you got, like it's 13 hours ahead or behind I don't even know anymore ahead <laughs> um of where I am right now uh it's way hotter like you got to get acclimated and stuff like that like i i've gone to so many competitions where i just get there like the wednesday night register the thursday compete leave the sunday prior even to podium ceremonies because i'm working on the monday yeah someone who doesn't work full time can just go and take a trip out of it and and compete um I definitely think it's it's easier for people that are doing it full time, but I I like the fact that they're going to put those big comps and they're not going to include them into the season and all of a sudden reduce their their value of or yeah. their of what they can do. Yeah, like let those big competitions do what they want to do and um, sponsors that they want to do, and it allows for other people that might not fit into that competition season if there's an injury or something that they still fight for. You know, another another competition and, and they have more than the elite divisions at those. Like they th- like, if you look like at Waterpalooza, they have the adapted division. They yeah. have, uh, you know, teams of three teams of four teams, of whatever, two, two people, individual RX, right. so, like those competitions aren't just meant to do like yeah. masters and, um, you know, the, the elite. So I think it's cool to, to go to those competitions.
0: In the past, like something I've heard you praise is, is the for, uh, i've heard you praise crossfit for is there equality and prize money like the the fairness in that is there anything else you think you'd like to see happen um
1: yeah like like the equality part is is absolutely great um you don't see that in a lot of sports like i don't live it obviously with hockey um you know there's such a there's such a big difference in in what that is but i think that going towards a more professional um, season would be something to kind of would be the next step for CrossFit. Because if you could turn this into um, a more consistent salary type base, like if you did a, I wonder if they could like, based off the open or based off of certain point system, um, give a certain salary from like the open money that they get yeah. So that there's some kind of uh, revenue, and you would get a certain amount of money to, to to compete. I don't know. That would be, I think, the next step for CrossFit because I think that in terms of equality and um, and stuff like that, like they're head of so like they're head of almost all the sports. Like I don't know many sports that give the same amount of prizing money for females and males. Like it just doesn't happen. Yeah. But I think if we could make a professional league or, or season out of it, I think yeah. it just le- uh, legitimizes our sport even more.
0: Yeah, I think probably the big issue there, I think from what I've heard in the past, the Games is not a money earner. So it's like, you know, I suppose they need to make that into a cash cow first so that they can then yeah. use that money for Because I know, say like, when you consider the money that they get for the Open and then the money that they get from the Games it just about holds its own, if not losing money. So I suppose that's yeah. they seem to be professionalizing that aspect of it. And I guess if this works this year with the Continentals and stuff, you'd hope that it will be at least consistent and a consistent base to build up yeah. rather than think, pulling the rug out every six months. Like
1: that—that's that, I think the, also the thing that I'd like to see is that consistency in in what and in, in what is expected of a competition. Whether it's the rules, whether it's uh, the money prizing, I just feel like it varies so much. You don't know yeah. what to expect. Like you can go to competition, they promise you something, and then they they switch it out.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So I guess we'll see if that if we can get to that point. But I think CrossFit does a great job in general with what what they're being like what with, with what they're doing right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, look, we finished with a quickfire. Um. So these are mostly either or. Um. So. Uh, teach or compete
1: <laughs> compete
0: um favorite sport to watch football like soccer uh no
1: uh american football i like football
0: that was football. random and yeah it's weird i would have thought I like, like
1: football and basketball i play so many sports it's like i play hockey i'm in the rink all the time yeah, yeah i like watching something else like yeah you know, go, like like all the sports I'm gonna say, like UFC, golf, soccer, or not soccer, um, UFC, golf, basketball, football. Like it's sports that I don't really play, yeah, so I enjoy yeah. watching.
0: Yeah, it's like escapism that. or whatever. Um, hmm. snatch or clean, clean. Uh, deadlift. Although
1: I'm 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 starting to like snatch more. Like clean was like well ahead before, but snatch is getting there.
0: Yeah. Um, the, the thing I find about snatch is that the minutia just fucks it up so much you can kind, you can almost save it clean like by you know you can just get away with it a bit more whereas a snatch is like if you make a mistake forget about it it's gone like
1: rest in peace <laughs> <laughs>
0: um deadlift or squat
1: deadlift
0: um cardio or strength
1: i like the feeling of cardio i'm probably better at sh- strength in general but i just like the feeling of like sweating and i like that
0: yeah um hockey or crossfit crossfit uh right team
1: now, CrossFit.
0: team or individual sport
1: individual
0: Um thrusters in, or
1: individual in terms of like right now but like i love team also i don't know that both i can yeah. say both to that they both have great like great aspect i need the social part but you still get the social part when you're competing individually like you're still part of a team um that like supports you and that
0: are working with you so do you chat much to other athletes like say when you're at the games was there much opportunity to chat to like do you gravitate towards say the other canadians or do you like is it just whoever you happen to be standing beside?
1: yeah i mean it's just the ones that maybe i've competed more with so like maybe from regionals that i might know better um but everyone's so in the zone a little bit, especially at the games last year uh, with all the cuts and everything. I think people were a little bit more on edge than maybe prior years. Yeah. So I didn't get to meet as many. And we were so many athletes at that point. So we didn't get to kind of have a maybe a, a closer group that you just kind of take in the whole weekend with. And then you get to know more people. Yeah. Um, but it's I was definitely more comfortable with the Canadians that I that I know better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Trusters or Burpees. Burpees god that was quick
1: i love burpees i like thrusters too but they, it's gonna be a light barbell
0: yeah, yeah I, I assumed burpees are so quick because you hate thrusters so it's admirable that you like both of possibly the worst well burpees.
1: no I, I i just like light, light thrusters like if, they're, if it's a medium weight or heavy no yeah i i love burpees i'll do burpees any day
0: yeah, that's fair. Um, well, listen, thanks, million for coming on. Um, best of luck with whatever the season looks like, and with the the <laughs> yeah. rest of your homeschooling. Um, hopefully, I'm I'm more than confident at some point you'll get your chance to to return to Madison. Hopefully, everything goes right this year, COVID wise and everything else, and you get your chance this year. But I'll be looking forward to seeing how you do. Thank
1: you. Yeah, fingers crossed for uh, everything to kind of work smoothly i think they're working hard to get a season going so yeah. i hope we can compete i hope we can compete on the floor at some point this year because it's definitely uh it's not the same doing it in your in your i'll do it in in my gym but it's just you you miss that competition floor
0: yeah hopefully so. hopefully just hopefully yeah <laughs>